$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it's all about the game, and how you play it. All about control, and if you can take it, all about your debt, and if you can. It's all about pain And who's gonna make it? I am the game You don't wanna play me I am control No way you can shake me I am heavy debt No way you can pay me I am the pain And I know you can't take me Look over your shoulder Ready to run Like a Cleveland bitch From a smoking gun I am the game And I may do So move on out You can die like a fool Try to figure out what my mood's gonna be Come on over, circle, why don't you ask me? Don't you forget there's a price you can pay Cause I am the game and I want to play Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy Authority Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Steele. We are happy uh, to join you this week for the glorious championship week. We are finally here. This is the last hurrah. For uh, except for you weirdos who play week seventeen, which I don't know why don't. you would ever think about doing that. Yeah, don't don't do that. Just don't 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 do it. But anyways, uh, and I am joined once again as always by my co-host hashtag Hedgelife Cody Kutzer. You can find him on Twitter at ffff You can find me on Twitter at fantasyrat13. How are you doing this night on this wonderful December night? Doing really well, man. Had a had a had a really nice week. Um, I will be in six or seven ships coming up so one of them being the scott fishbowl i made it to the finals there so it's going to be going to be a long week of second guessing myself and tinkering and hair pulling so looking forward to it man how was how was your week it was pretty good pretty good pretty good pretty good um so you know Ready for some DFS this weekend? We got the glorious three-game slate on Saturday. It's like a it's like a Thanksgiving slate all over again. 
uh, for us on Saturday with some great games. And then we also have the Sunday slate. So uh, it should be good. good. Good times this weekend with uh, DFS. So that's what I'll be looking at. Anyways, you know, week 16 wasn't as um, wasn't as bad. Uh, or week 15, excuse me, wasn't as bad in terms of injury-wise. But we did have a couple. So let's, uh, let's get into the news and notes here, shall we? Uh, so let's start off with uh, the running backs. Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs are questionable this week with shoulder injuries. Both of them um, seem highly questionable. I don't know. One, I don't know why you'd play Josh Jacobs. The Raiders are out of it. They're done. They're cooked. I guess there's some like crazy scenario, I think, where they possibly could get in, but uh, it's not going to happen. Their season's over with. And then you have Dalvin Cook, who, again, they've clinched the playoffs, I believe. Uh, I don't think, you know, like, well, what are you running them out there for? Uh, I don't think that I would play them. I know Dr. Chow said that they'd be surprised. He'd be surprised if if the Vikings played him this week. So uh, I do believe they play Monday night. So that's uh, the problem there. So um, what, what would you do if you are a Dalvin Cook owner? Would you be running out to snap up uh, Alexander Madison, who's also questionable, or would you uh, take a shot on Mike? Hopefully at this point, if you have Dalvin Cook, you've had Alexander Madison rostered for, for a while now. And then even going back to a few weeks ago when we thought we saw the last of Dalvin Cook. Um, so hopefully you already have Madison with if if you don't have him, someone in your league probably does. But if by for some odd reason they're both available, and I think I, I would just take the the safe way and just take Mike Boone at this point, just with Madison. You know what I mean? With with him being questionable as well with that ankle injury. Although last week there uh, there was a quote from Madison saying that he would be good to go for Sunday, so maybe he's closer than than what we think, but. Man, that's it. It kind of sucks that we don't have any definitive news as of right now in terms of what Madison's doing. Um, the safe play would just to pick up Mike Boone, but like I said, you should have already had Alexander Madison rostered at this point. So if you don't have him, that's that's your own fault, and it treats you right. Serves you right, damn it. The other one I think is more intriguing. I guess at least we know the clear path now would be DeAndre Washington if Josh Jacobs does not. Again, he, they said he was very sore after the game. He could barely lift his arm up. Uh, I just can't imagine they run him out there. But you never know. It's the Raiders and what they're going to do. But um, DeAndre Washington, the last time he got an opportunity, he was heavily targeted in the, uh, as a pass catcher as well. So, uh, you know, for me, like if Josh Jacobs is out, I have DeAndre Washington right now, you know, right outside of a RB1. So I've met RB16. So I guess a little bit further out than that, but about middle of the road RB two going against the Chargers. I like that matchup. So if he if he's playing or if if this ends up happening, if Josh Jacobs does not play, which is what I'm thinking is going to happen, DeAndre Washington is a slam dunk pickup. Yeah, but the, the weird thing with the Dalvin Cook injury is I was looking today, and apparently Mike Zimmer came out and said that like if they needed him to, he could have played, and that he should have gotten a couple more touches during that game. Like what are you what are you doing? Like he, like like, what are you doing this for? Just sit him. If you know what I mean, like even even in that game, like the the Chargers are, are a decent team, but like I don't think that was a case where it was like, all right, man, like we really need Dalvin Cook to to go out there and potentially get banged up and lose him for the year. So let's let's make sure we get this W. Just such a such a weird scenario, and then that puts you know what I mean puts fantasy owners in a corner because, like you said, it's a it's a Monday night game. First of all, so that sucks. And then it could be one of those things where he comes in, he gets three, four touches, and then they they pull the plug on it. So that's man, that, that's going to be a tough decision for 
for fantasy owners in their championship week. Yeah, I mean, and I get the understanding, I guess, that they can still win the division and, um, you know, stuff like that. But why? Who cares? Like, just, just you're better off with Dalvin Cook than not with Dalvin Cook, obviously. So why run him out there and get him hurt even more or cause a bigger issue where it requires you to shut him down for, I think, four to six weeks or whatever it is, I think, if it became, you know, worse. Like, that's, that, that's insane. So sit the guy, let him rest. And bring him back, you know, for the playoffs because there's no reason to. I mean, Alexander Madison is more than capable. We've seen it this year with him. You know, any opportunities he's gotten, there's no reason to run him out there. No, and then you add on the fact that Cook has had a history of shoulder injuries. I think he already had three surgeries before he even got into the league. I don't get it. I don't get a lot of these things that NFL coaches and franchises do, but... Yeah, so anyway, so I think, like we said, I think with this one, we are going to want to... I think if I had to put a waiver priority on it, if we get more news and more clarification that Dalvin Cook is indeed going to be out this week and we we find out that Alexander Manis is going to play, he would be the number one guy I would want um, in this scenario. Since I don't think we're going to get that news, I think it would be DeAndre Washington for me. I think we'll have a more clear-cut idea of what's going on with with Josh Jacobs by that time. And I I would want a waiver claimant on DeAndre Washington uh, in this matchup against the Chargers. All right, so we can move on from there. Uh, another one, I guess a running back, uh, we could carry on Johnson. He's, he's continuing to practice. They've kind of talked him up a little bit. I guess he still has a shot at returning this week. We'll have to see what happens. I don't think they've, they've shut that down. Have they yet? I don't think so. I mean, they were, they were talking about it. Um, well, like two or three weeks ago that he was practicing and, uh, he was designated IR to, to return. But I mean, if he does, don't, don't add him and, if you, for some reason, had him stashed on your bench and like maybe your your league has an IR spot for your redraft leagues, don't play him on the road to Denver. Like unless if you made it this whole time without carry on, do not play him week sixteen coming off of a what probably eight week or t- eight to ten weeks depending on um, I can't remember how the how those IR rules work and how long he has to be on IR before he can come back. But regardless, that that's a lengthy absence and it's it's not a you know, he's not going up against Carolina where you could foresee him going, you know, I mean, eight touches for 90 yards and a, a touchdown or something like that. So just completely stay away from that backfield in general, but especially carry on. Yeah. I mean, just reading some of the news, sounds like he hasn't had any setbacks. Sounds like I, I think there's a real chance that he plays. I think the guys, uh, you know, Matt Patricia probably feels like he's a little bit on the hot seat and wants to try to get some wins. And that's why they would roll him out. It's the only thing I can, as to why they would do it. But I guess if he does play, like, I, I don't know. I guess it would really depend on your situation. And, you know, if you were a Dalvin Cook owner and maybe Alexander Madison was already added and then maybe someone else picks up Boone a- ahead of you or something like that, or it depends on the different scenarios that, that could possibly be at hand. And then maybe you might need a running back. So, and if you were desperate and you absolutely had to have a running back, like I wouldn't hate having carry on Johnson, you know, and I guess, but you'd have to be pretty desperate at this point. And I would think about, you know, week 16, you're in the championship. Uh, I wouldn't think you would need them, but you never know. It depends on your situation and kind of how things roll. So I don't hate it because I do think that I don't, he's not going to be a work. He's not going to go out there and get 70% of the touches. It's just not going to happen, but um, I could see him getting, you know, eight to 10 carries and maybe, you know, five to six targets, something like that. But it's a still a gr- it's still not a great matchup against the. I believe they're playing. Yeah, they're playing the Broncos, and not to mention that David Blau uh, is horrific. That uh, that has indeed been verified. So, uh, in other news that uh, is a little uh, little more uh, upsetting, 
we uh, we lost uh, a true a true gym this week. Uh, Rod Christopher Godwin um, will likely miss the rest of the season with a hamstring injury. Um, you know, we really have to kind of go back. You know, the the start of the season, right, with him that we all look back on him and uh, he was one. He was a player that we were all very high on here at the TFA, and you know it's. A lot of people, it was one of the most highly uh, debatable things that we had over the offseason was Chris Godwin. A lot of people thought that Mike, there were people that thought Mike Williams was a better play and a much better uh, value than what Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin's going too high. Chris Godwin is, is not going to be that good. He's the number two receiver behind Mike Evans. And then there's OJ Howard there. Well, as we know, one Rod Christopher Godwin went out and slayed this season. He is right now the wide receiver two in PPR formats. 1,333 yards and nine touchdowns. Chris Godwin went out and gave us everything that he had on a weekly basis. He paid off his draft value tremendously. Chris, you will always be in our hearts. We will never forget you. And until 2020, we will see you again. Our sweet baby angel, Chris Godwin. Now, I would like to take a moment of silence. Cody, do you have anything to put in on this? That was just so beautifully well-spoken that I'm a little choked up right now, and I, I really don't think there's anything anything left to add. So we will, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Um, <laughs> Chris, getting, Chris. Getting, getting a little dusty in here. <laughs> So, Chris Godwin, we will always remember you and your glorious 2019 season. Until next year, when I have you ranked as a top three wideout. Okay, so with that, we got uh, that part out of the way. We uh, didn't want to do it, but we had to. Uh, Chris Godwin, the man. And um, anyways, so let's uh, let's uh, go on to some lighter news. Uh, Will Greer is going to get his opportunity to start this season. Um, he is now taking over for Kyle Allen. And it doesn't seem like it was that long ago when all the people on Twitter were talking about Kyle Allen is the next franchise quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. And that didn't last very long because Kyle Allen has been confirmed bad and confirmed. Yeah, he has something, what, like six picks and five fumbles just over like the last two or three games. Something like that. Like, it's just so wild how people get so obsessed with like the backup quarterback narrative. Like, that's something that's always been like really strong in Pittsburgh. But then, like, you know, you see it a lot of times now with you know across the the Twitterverse. You know, I mean, he picked up two or three wins, and it was like, all right, that's it. There's no way Cam's gonna be back, and Kyle Allen, fire him up. He is he is it for the rest of the season, and then. uh then reality sets in. They start losing games, and now we are seeing Will Greer, which is it's. I feel like it's kind of odd that it's taken this long to see him, but uh, but we are here now, and it's apparently Will Greer season. Who and I know you, um, you do a lot of preseason DFS. He uh, he wasn't very good in the preseason. No, no, 
uh, yeah, showed a few flashes, but I think this is a smart move by them. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to the playoffs, obviously. So it's a smart move to give him some reps and see what they have in him because obviously Kyle Allen's not the answer. So it'll be interesting to see what the Panthers do over the offseason. Like, that's something that we'll be talking about over the coming months as we do podcasts here because I, I think with, with this situation, like, they have a nice core, right? You have David, you know, obviously Christian McCaffrey. Then you have DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Ian Thomas looks like he might be, you know, the real jokes. I think this is probably Greg Olson's last year so i mean they have the pieces there so i don't know if they go with a you know a rookie quarterback is this something that they're going to try to trade up for and grab one of these rookie quarterbacks or do they go out and you know acquire you know another uh, you know different quarterback like a nick Foles or an andy dalton but uh, you know I, I don't know i guess you could make a case that you know is is that an upgrade over cam newton because there's already been many reports that they're that the panthers are going to be aggressively looking to trade cam newton and so i don't know i don't know if whatever's out there is better than him I don't know. It's going to be an interesting offseason to see what happens because there's going to be a lot of different quarterbacks that are on the move. Yeah, dude, I really don't know what they're going to what they're going to do either. They're not going to be in a position in a draft to have one follow them. So if they're going to if they're going to go that route, they're going to need to trade up. Like, do they try and bring in a, a free agent? Like, it's you know, or they could just I don't know, stick with Cam Newton, who uh, who's been in who's been in that system and. You know, obviously knows it and has been like like you said that that core, the nucleus of that team. Even if you only have seventy five percent of what Cam used to be, like that's you got to figure that's better than whatever they're going to get. Like unless they get aggressive in the in the draft, so that's uh it's definitely going to be one. It's going to be super interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, because I mean, as of right now, you basically have you have, you have uh, L.A. the Chargers who are likely going to be looking for a quarterback. Possibly, I don't know. Maybe they roll Philip Rivers out there again for another season. Then you have the Raiders, who, by all accounts, does not sound like they're sold on Derek Carr. And so, I mean, they easily, I mean, but they're a team that probably could package some stuff and move up in the draft. Um, or I think they have a couple of picks as well that they can kind of do something with if they wanted to move up and grab a quarterback. Or they, I guess they could also make a trade for somebody or pick, uh, pick up a couple of these other quarterbacks that will be available. Um, Andy Dalton likely out in Cincinnati. You have Nick Foles, who's definitely going to be available from the Jaguars, which is crazy because that's going to be a tough sell for anybody to pick up that contract as bad as he looked with them. So, you know, finding a team that's going to take that on is going to be tough. So I I don't – I'm sure there's a couple other ones I'm not thinking of. I think there's a possibility that we could see Drew Brees retire after this season. If I I feel like if the – if they were to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, I think you could almost bet that Drew Brees retires after this year. Because what else does he have to prove? He's not a guy that's talked about playing until he's 45 like 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 Tom Brady has or anything like that. Obviously, he's still playing at a very high level, but you know it could be one of these moves where you go out on top. So I mean, if they were able to win the Super Bowl this year, I think Drew Brees could be gone. I know people think that maybe Teddy Bridgewater could be – I mean, he went 4-0 there and, and, and for the Saints, but I just can't uh, – I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is as good as, as – as, uh... Now, I, we've talked about Teddy before, and he's one of those guys I've always rooted for. I mean, I feel like he's like with with his injury and everything, and he's just someone I've always just liked. But like, it, he's never been a great quarterback by by any means. But in terms of teams, you know, Miami, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned them or not. Um, Washington, the the Redskins obviously aren't going to do it, but Dwayne Haskins hasn't really looked like he's he's the answer either. So that's you know that's another situation to to monitor. I think think that kind of. That more or less wraps it up. Trubisky, maybe in Chicago, maybe we see something done there. I think that'd be super intriguing for uh, Cam to end up in Chicago. 
I think that'd be that'd be a really nice fit there, especially you know, I, for for fantasy purposes. I think I think one that we really honestly could see is Tom Brady. I, like I honestly think there's a chance that Tom Brady's not playing for the New England Patriots next year. And as crazy as that sounds, but I mean his contract voids after this year. They cannot franchise tag him, so they have to sign him. Now, some of this could be the way that, that he worked his contract this way is they want to see what the Patriots are going to do. Are they going to actually bring in offensive talent and surround him with not this bag of you know this, this bag of nothing that they got right now with Julian Edelman and kind of that's it. But so I think it's going to be an interesting spot. But he could leave. You know, I, I think that is that is in the realm of possibility. And Chicago is a place that I always thought would be super, would be very interesting because that team has a ton of talent. You have Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller who has really come on lately. Um, they probably could use a tight end. You know, I don't think Trey Burton's the answer there, but I mean, overall, like I think that's a really great spot. And so I don't know. Like I think I think Tom Brady's also in New England could be another spot looking for a quarterback. Yeah, that's one that's been been rumored for a little bit, and I think there was a report that just came out recently. I can't remember who had it and where it had him going, but it was kind of talked about like as as if like, hey, he's probably not going to be there and this is where I'm expecting him to go. I can't remember what what team it was, but uh, inside, <clears throat> inside information, my boy's wedding that I was in, he had his buddy come, uh, come down from Boston and apparently Tom Brady's house has been on the market for quite some time. So that's been all the, uh, all the hubbub up and up in that area so might <laughs> yeah. be. i've heard that i think the people will talk about that but then other people are like well this is a great time to sell and that's probably what he's doing i don't know we'll see we're gonna find out here in a couple of months because free agency is like what three months away something like that i mean really that's, that's all it is i mean so it's not that far so anyways uh let's uh josh twinter what's up guys championship time sure sure yep. need a flex singletary bell Chark, if he plays, or if, or if I get either of these on waivers, Perriman or Mike Boone, standard scoring. Ooh, standard. That throws, throws a bit of a wrench into it. Um, I think I like Perriman out of that group, to be honest. I mean, if Chark plays, I'd, I'd roll Chark, but... I mean, that's, that's not a good matchup for Singletary going up against New England. Not a good matchup for Bell going up against Pittsburgh. I mean, that, that Jets offense in general just is, has been super up and down. Um, I think I think out of them, you, you look at Perriman, and like we were talking about before we jumped on and started recording, we were talking about Winston and just his gunslinger mentality. So Perriman, I think, out of that group – probably has the best chance at scoring a touchdown. So in standard scoring, that's kind of what I'd be looking at. So I, th- I think I'm going to roll Perriman out of that group. Yeah, I probably agree. And actually, shout out to you last week. I know you you were actually uh, rather high on the Brashad Perriman bandwagon, um, as I was more on the Justin Watson, where I believe Justin Watson had one reception for five yards. So uh, not good. But I will say this week, it's going to be hard to imagine that Justin Watson doesn't get an opportunity. Scotty Miller was also placed on IR. We know no yep. Godwin, RIP. Uh, Mike Evans is out. I mean, who are they throwing the ball to, right? So you have Brashad Perriman, and I think you know Justin Watson is definitely in play, and especially now with no Scotty Miller. And then I think OJ Howard, for the first time all year, really, really looks like a great play this week as well. So I, I, I have to agree. It's tough because with Shark, uh, he's been such a monster this year. It's hard not to want to play him, but I mean, he is coming out of a walking booty. I guess he say he's going to be okay, but 
again, I mean, this is a guy who could go out there and play the first quarter and re-injure himself, and you know, there's no reason for them to run him out. The, the Jaguars are toast anyway. So while this is a, a pretty decent matchup for Chark, like I think I would just have to lean Perriman just because I think there's an opportunity where he sees you know eight to ten targets at least. Yeah, there was a, a blurb that just came out a couple hours ago with Arian saying that they were going to, quote, have to get the, the running backs more involved because of the, the injuries they have. Um, Ogunbowale has been their preferred pass catch, catcher the entire year. I just I don't see them forcing him in. I mean, Rojo has, has splashed here and there. Peyton Barber is a jag. He, he's nothing that excites me, so... I think we see a lot of volume go toward both tight ends. Maybe this is a week where we see kind of like a, a Philadelphia Eagles type of scheme where it's a lot of two tight end sets and Braid and Howard are, are both involved. But I think Howard led the team in targets last week, if I'm recalling correctly. But it was it was Braid that I think Braid had four for 40 in a touchdown. So I think that's a, a case where – Perriman gets the the most volume, and then both the tight ends are also in play. No, I agree. I think I, I agree with that. So I think this is a week if you are desperate at wide receiver and you need one. I think Perriman would definitely be up there. Justin Watson is also super interesting for people that are in really deep league. So, anyways, uh, we got another one from Ryan Gorman. Perriman, Miller, AJ Brown, Cup start two full PPR. So the Titans have the Saints. We already talked about Perriman. Miller, Anthony Miller has KC. Who do the Rams play? Do you know? I believe they play the 49ers, right? I'm almost positive. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the the, uh, the Saturday night game. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I don't know why. I wasn't saying that. Yeah, you're right. Um, Niners. So give me Anthony Miller for sure. I know KC has been strong in the... I wrote about this shameless plug in the uh, in the streamer article that I put out today on the Fantasy Authority. Casey's strength in their secondary has been on the perimeter, and Anthony Miller, who he's been like the the wide receiver seven over the past three weeks, plays over seventy six percent of his snaps from the slot. So I don't think that's you know he's gonna gonna avoid the strength in that secondary. Man, it's so hard to sit AJ Brown right now with the the heater that he's been on. Like I said, Miller for sure, and then for me it'd be between AJ Brown and Perriman. Do you have a do you have a stronger take on on the other one? I'm assuming you're going Anthony Miller as well for one of yours. Maybe not. Know. Well, one, I think it's tough to sit. I mean, uh, Cooper Cup obviously because um, of his upside and his 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 massive ceiling that he carries. So honestly, I would probably lean. I would, I'd, I'd probably go AJ Brown and Cup. You not not going Anthony Miller at all. Which is well. See, it's tough because so right now my rankings I have uh, that you can also find on thefanstory.com. I have Rashad Perriman at 19. So I, I guess I'm contradicting myself a little bit. And I have A.J. Brown at 20. And then I have Cooper Cup at 21. So it's kind of like splitting hairs here a little bit. Um, where, do you, where do you have Anthony Miller? I think with San Francisco is how banged up they are, too. I don't know what fucking Rams team is going to show up, to be honest with you. You know, like, you know, last week against Dallas, I mean, they got, you know, destroyed. And then the week before that, they they lay the wood to the to the Seahawks. So, I I don't know. I, I guess I guess I mean you're, you're looking to win, right? I mean you're looking to, to chip this thing and, and take the whole fucking thing down. And not so, I still don't see how you sit Cooper Cup though, especially in full PPR. So uh, I would probably go AJ Brown and Cooper Cup if you want to lean a little bit more upside. I would go Brashad Perriman and AJ Brown. Yeah, I, I gotta play Anthony Miller. So we're gonna we're gonna differ on this one a little bit. So I'll, I'll go Anthony Miller and AJ Brown. 
I mean, Cup Cup just hasn't been as involved as he. You know, I mean, over the last several weeks, his his usage has been down a little bit. Um, he only has so over the last three weeks, he only has 16 catches for 151 yards, but he does have the uh, the three touchdowns to go with that, which is obviously you know bumping up his his fantasy production. He's averaging 13.7 points per game over those last three weeks and half PPR scoring. Um, it's the, it, like I said, it's just, it's so hard to sit AJ Brown with the, the heater that he's been on. He is actually the wide receiver one over the last three weeks. Um, six and catches 312 yards and three touchdowns. So I'm going to, I'm going to roll AJ Brown and Anthony Miller. And I know that we just did not help you at all. The thing I, I will say this to talk it through a little bit with AJ Brown, the thing that concerns me is that just the matchup. I think yeah, you're going to see matchup. no, I mean not at all, and you're you're going to see Marshawn Lattimore plastered all over him, and I wouldn't be surprised if they you know put a safety over the top and you know try to take him away because who else do they have past him, right? And I think now he's probably got enough attention mm-hmm. on people. That's what worries me about him is that you know this is one of the worst matchups he could have, especially with the secondary. Now they've boosted their secondary. With Janoris Jenkins, you know, with the addition of him, I don't know how many snaps he'll play or what they're going to do with him with this being his first week here in New Orleans. But, yeah, I think this is also – I don't know. So this is a tough one. But, yeah, if again, I'm sticking to it, though. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Cooper Cup uh, and A.J. Brown. But, like I said, if you're wanting – if it's looking like this is a matchup for you where you are not on the good end of, uh, of winning, you know, because, like, there's teams that slip into the playoffs that maybe, you know, in the matchup you're having, you're, you're facing where the guy's maybe loaded and has, you know, it's not looking good. I would, I would shoot straight for upside and I would, I would fire in Brashad Perriman. The thing that sucks about that is they are the first Saturday game. They, they're the, they're Saturday at one o'clock. So that's a, that's a decision you're going to have to make very early on. You're not going to have the, not going to have the, uh, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? the the good fortune of knowing whether or not you're you're behind you know what I mean come like Sunday night or something like that so yeah with well, Perriman you're gonna have to make that decision uh, because they they play obviously that Saturday afternoon game there's no Thursday night they play the Saturday at noon game so if you want to roll the dice I think Brashad Perriman is probably it and I would probably look to sit AJ Brown would be the first one I went to and I would start Cooper just because Cooper Cup I mean he's gonna see the opportunities I know that he hasn't been as involved in the offense he played 92 percent of the snaps last week uh, received six targets. Uh, he had the six for forty one, did have a touchdown, and then the week before there was the was the sort of the odd week where he only played thirty four percent of the snaps. Um, only saw four targets in that game, but again, so I mean, scored a touchdown. And the week before that, against Arizona, he played seventy three percent of the snaps. Again, six targets. I mean, you have to go back to week twelve, whenever he got ten targets against Baltimore. So, but we've seen little runs like this before. I mean, if you go back to week ten and eleven, where he only saw four and three. So, I don't know. I, I just find it really difficult to even uh, imagine sitting Cooper Cup with with his upside and ceiling. I mean, he's likely one of the players that got you. Anyways, uh, thank you for the question there. Again, this was uh, one of the uh, tougher questions we'll probably get all night because I think. The we're all kind of right there where you could just kind of make a case, which is crazy with Cooper Cup. You wouldn't have thought earlier in the year we would, that it would be all that close with him, but um, it has been lately. But his him finding the touch or finding the end zone has really saved his bacon a little bit. So 
Anyways, let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, if you have any more questions, feel free to leave them in the chat. And go. Uh, and we would appreciate if anybody hits that thumbs up button. Helps us out tremendously. And uh, a subscribe would be appreciated. So let's go ahead and jump into the Week 16 uh, top plays on this on this wonderful slate. Like I said, there are three games on Saturday. And then there's the you know um, games on Saturday. Or, excuse me, the Sunday and Monday game. So uh, where are you at a quarterback this week? Let's kind of just kind of start at the top. Obviously, if you have any of these top guys, you're not sitting them. That is to be understood. Obviously, you're playing Lamar Jackson. You're playing Deshaun Watson. You're playing Russell Wilson. You're playing Patrick Mahomes. You know, I think where you start to get into the question marks of guys where you maybe have some questions about would be uh, this next tier, and that's like a Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has been the fucking man the last two weeks, dropping 40 burgers each of the last two weeks. Are you playing him, though, now without Chris Godwin or Mike Evans? How much does he fall down for you against Houston, who's not a great secondary? It's a secondary that can, that can certainly be toasted. Do, do you have interest in James Winston? Are you still going to play him? I mean, I think you have to, right? Like, if, unless you have somebody that just, like that is ranked higher in in this, you know, in this range. But it's it's hard to sit him just with the kind of quarterback that he is. He's going to go out there. He's going to throw it. Like you said, it's it's not a bad matchup. You know, what I mean, it's not like he's going up against. Uh, a 49ers team or a, you know, a tough Chicago defense or, you know, I mean, new England or something like that. Um, and we, we saw last week, Scotty Miller caught, I, what did he, he have, think he had one, I believe Perriman obviously went off Bray had it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to sit him. If you, for some reason were carrying two of the, you know, I mean, let's say top, top five quarterbacks, then, you know, I mean, you can use it as a tiebreaker, but this, this isn't a, an instance where I would be, I definitely wouldn't be streaming anybody over Jameis, the guys that were available, you know, I mean, Trubisky, um, Fitzpatrick, Drew Locke, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stream any of those guys over Winston. So, I mean, it's, it obviously is going to knock him down a little bit, but what did you say before we started recording that he hasn't had fewer than 300 yards passing since like week five or something, which is just absolutely absurd. The interceptions are always going to be there no matter who is on the field or not on the field. So, I mean, that's always going to be a constant, but with, with his gunsling and mentality and, you know, I mean, their, their running game basically isn't there. So that's, I, I, w- I would still feel confident firing him up and, I'm going to be doing so in in a couple of my leagues. So maybe I'm also just trying to talk myself into it. And again, I mean, I I think you feel pretty confident playing a Dak or even an Aaron Rodgers. I think you can certainly play. Kyler Murray is in a great, in a solid matchup against Seattle. Matt Ryan going against Jacksonville. Kirk Cousins going against Green Bay. And so past that, I think this is when you start to get into the real, like if you had to start, if you had to stream a quarterback, uh, if you were one of those people that were streaming all season, let's get into some, kind of some of the streaming options here. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill, who has played very well uh, since he has been inserted into the starting lineup. You have guys like Drew Locke, who is playing Detroit, where, again, this is a kind of a, a dart throw kind of play, but one that I think could pay off against a Detroit defense that has been just absolutely anemic. They have nothing to play for, nor do the the, the Broncos, but I think this is another opportunity for Drew Locke to kind of put some solid tape down and you know, get an opportunity. You know, he was completely horrible last week against the Chiefs, which is something that I called, and I felt like that that was going to be an easy, easy game for the Chiefs to kind of steamroll him. This was uh, you know on the road in in Kansas City, but this week going on the road to, against Detroit, I just think this is a game where they can kind of get on top of this. Um, and then you also have Gardner Minshew playing Atlanta. You have 
uh, Andy Dalton going against Miami. Which of these guys from the Ryan Tannehills, the Drew Locks, Gardner Minshews, Andy Dalton, would you consider playing this week? Um, for me, I'm probably looking at Mitch Trubisky. Um, I know he's he's pretty widely available. He's getting KC. Basically, what I'm what I'm banking on there is we get the some good old Blake Bortles garbage time production. You know, very similar to what we saw last week in their game against Green Bay. I mean, Trubisky still finished. It was over. I think it was like three forty nine and a and a touchdown, something like that. Um, again, you got to figure Casey's going to be able to put up some points on that defense the same way Green Bay was. And even if you know, even if they don't jump out to some massive lead, they're still going to be leading that game. Um, and we, you know, we haven't seen too much out of that running game, even though that's Kansas City's weakness. So that I don't, I don't foresee Chicago coming out and just trying to try to pound the ball. Um, I do like. I mean, it doesn't feel great, but I think Philip Rivers. He he might have been dropped. He might be another streaming option against Oakland. Uh, surprised you didn't mention your uh, your boy Andy Dalton going up against Miami. I think that that could be kind of like a uh, a streamer versus streamer there with Fitzpatrick and Dalton facing off against uh, against one another. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I will say this with Kansas City, uh, they are a complete, you know, um, a, you know, they are a run funnel defense. They are actually sixth in pass DVOA, but they are 30th in run DVOA. So this is a tough one because Kansas City's defense, especially their secondary, has played very well with Traverius Ward, um, Rashad Breeland, and then in the back with, uh, you know, the Honey Badger and the rookie Juan Thornhill. They've done a really good job of, 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 really containing passing offenses. It's really been the running game that's kind of gotten them, but they've even shored that up really recently. I mean, they're at, we haven't really seen teams that really run all over them in, in recent memory. So I don't know. Like, this is a tough one, even though it is on the road. I mean, well, Chicago is at home in this matchup, so I, I kind of get it. But I just think, man, like – I think this is this feels like a game where you can see the Chiefs kind of just wreck shop here. Um, but we'll see what happens. Like I get it, especially as a volume play as a, a team that's going to be in a positive game script in terms of passing and their passing offense. They're going to have to throw the ball to keep up with this offense. So I get that. So I don't hate it, and especially I mean Mitchell Trubisky has been running more. Um, but if I had to, you know, stream a quarterback this week, I, I think I would probably go to like a Drew Locke or a Gardner Minshew first, just because I think they're in better, better spots and better matchups. So like with Drew Locke, like, again, like, you know, you go back to last week, it certainly wasn't what you were looking for, but you go back to the, the games before that against Houston, where he had 309 and three touchdowns. And then even the, the game against the Chargers, where he didn't have really the passing yards, he only had 134, but he did have two passing touchdowns in that game. So I, I like Drew Locke here. And I, th- I think, you know, with, Cor- you know, um, with having Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant's emergence. Yeah. I mean, I think I would rather play a Drew Locke. I think he's super, you know, He's going to be a contrarian. I don't think many people are going to think about doing that. And I think if you're in the championship, like you're going to have to be pretty desperate to get to this point to have to play a Drew Locke. I, I don't hate it. Yeah, by by some stroke of God that you've made it to the fantasy playoffs and you're debating on playing Drew Locke in the in the ship, then hats off to like that. That's not a that's not a play I would feel super confident. I mean, the one thing that he does have going uh, going for him is with Cortland Sutton, uh, the Lions have given up the most air yards so far this season and the the second highest defensive A dot, just 0.1 yard behind the Miami Dolphins. They're giving up 10.1 is their A dot. So that, that does obviously bode well for Cortland Sutton. Uh, Noah Fant, they, they just haven't used him downfield all that much, which I really don't get. A lot of his a lot of his big plays have been 
you know, from screens. And th- there was one point, one of his games, he had like a, his A dot was like three or something crazy. Um, I, as far as streamers go, I would play Minshew over Drew Locke for sure. Um, and I, I, I do just feel better about Trubisky. I, I totally get the, the strength of their defenses in the secondary, but a Rob always seems to get his and, uh, Casey's a little more vulnerable, vulnerable over the middle to slot receivers as well. So that's why I'm also super high on Anthony Miller this week. But that's kind of where, kind of where I'm at as far as the the landscape goes for quarterbacks this week. Again, I mean, I will say this: I've seen it before. Um, so like last year, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was other people that are in this kind of situation where you're one of those teams that sort of back in, sneaks your way into the playoffs. You really probably shouldn't have been there, and then all of a sudden you have a couple of weeks where maybe the opponent you're playing isn't you know just had a bad week and you end up luck boxing your way into the championship you're just kind of happy to be there because you really know you really shouldn't be but like this is one of those times like this happened last year with uh you know in our in our home league and i a buddy of mine you know it's like hey man what should i do and i was like just go for the ceiling your team sucks like you have no business being here right and i I was like like I, i remember last year i can't remember who they were playing but the jets had a fantastic matchup week 16 i was like pick up sam darnold pick up robbie anderson i think he may have had robbie anderson i was like and just play all the jets just play all the jets and they went off that week and he ended up winning the whole thing had no business winning but that's what i would do if i was a team like that where my team's just clearly outmatched in terms of just kind of the you know on both sides like that's what i would be looking to do and playing some of these guys who were on most weeks you wouldn't want to do it but all you're trying to do is get a win for this one week so anyways i think that's kind of where we're at with quarterback uh let's go ahead and answer this question matt will fuller or emmanuel sanders for me it's will fuller as well the i mean the matchup you couldn't ask for a better matchup and that's Kind of something, you know, like I mentioned last week, as far as your your studs go, there there aren't too many that are in that are in bad positions to where you're, you know, really debating on sitting them. Um, like I said, this this matchup couldn't couldn't be any better with with Sanders, like his his usage has been so up in the air, not that Fuller's hasn't, but I this is a, a situation where, you know, Will Fuller came out of that game unscathed by all accounts. Um, and they they desperately need that that deep downfield threat. So give me give me Fuller here and the the highest over under of the week. I think it's it, it at least opened at fifty three. I'm not sure where it is now or how much it's moved, but give me give me Fuller for sure. Either way. So again, let's go. We can jump over to running backs. If you want to see the full rankings, you can check them out on the fantasyauthority.com. They're right there on the homepage. You can check them out. If there's any other players you have questions about, we may not have answered. Jumping over to the running back position this week. Again, we don't really have to talk about Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley or Chris Carson, like all those guys. I, I will say just like with a cliff note with Joe Mixon, like Joe Mixon has really balled. I think over the last six weeks, I think he leads the league in rushing, I believe, if that, if I, I believe I'm correct on that. Um, he has really kind of turned it on where after a really, really rough first uh, start, start of the season and where I think a lot of people were dropping Joe Mixon, right? And now here we are. And he is, but they've they've kind of just committed themselves to them. They don't care if they're in it or they're out of it. It just hasn't been an issue for them. So they've just kind of fed him. And so 
like with him, like I mean, he's obviously an, uh, a must start, especially in this matchup against the in the matchup against the Dolphins this week. So, but I just want to mention him just because it, you know it's been uh, a fun turnaround to see him actually start to produce. So, didn't really help the the Joe Mixon owners who people probably took him in the second or third round, but you know he's starting to pay off now. Hopefully, people didn't jump off too quickly. Uh, Zeke Elliott, you know, you have Leonard Fournette against Atlanta, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry. Um, guys like that, Mark, Mark Henry or Mark Henry, Mark Ingram, uh, Alvin Kamara. So let's kind of get into the ones that I think are, again, more question marks surrounding them. Um, guys like Todd Gurley, uh, Philip Lindsay, Austin Eckler, who, you know, I think is uh, a must play probably at the very least a flex, but you know, James Connor, who didn't really look great, but he did score a touchdown last week against the bills, but gets a, I don't know if it's a better matchup against the Jets because the Jets have been really strong against the you know against them or uh, against run, opposing running backs. And then you have guys like Kenyon Drake, Devonta Freeman. What are you doing with this tier of of running back? Talk early. I mean, I think if if you're at this point and you have him, unless you have a better option, I think you it's it's not a great matchup. Hopefully, you do have a better option. But if you don't, you just got to ride him out at this point. His usage has really been really been ticking up over the past couple of weeks and we're starting to see that, you know, 2018, 2017 kind of level of usage from him. Although the, the fantasy points haven't been there obviously to that level. Um, Philip like, dude, I was so high on Philip Lindsay last week, you know, got the weather, got the matchup against KC and uh, he just laid a dud. So, I mean, I'd, I'd be hesitant to go there. Um, he's probably somebody you drafted what in the, fifth sixth round so you should have somebody else that you can you can slot in ahead of him um somebody i like this week in that in that kind of tier miles sanders going up against dallas that's going to be a really big game for for that division and the playoff picture uh he he finally went off last week i think had over 120 yards rushing a touchdown i think he also caught another one so that was good to see see his breakout obviously in that uh that matchup obviously helped out there um, David Montgomery, we, you know, kind of touched on a little bit. That's, that's obviously where Kansas, Kansas city's weaknesses. So you would think that somebody like Matt Nagy would see that and be able to attack it. But, um, I think KC is going to be able to put up enough points on hand on them that, I mean, Montgomery maybe is a flex play, but you know, he's, he's disappointed as far as what a lot of people were expecting, especially myself, who's my, my favorite rookie running back coming into this year. Um, Kenyon Drake, I like a lot going up against Seattle. He's kind of just pushed David Johnson completely to the side. And that's kind of been something that's been going on for the past couple of weeks. Um, Marlon Mack, I think you're, you know, you're loading him up as an RB one this week in that matchup, especially going up against Carolina, who's just been, I don't understand how they, how they've been this bad, but Carolina has been completely awful against the run. So I think he's someone that if you know if you've been able to get through with his injuries and kind of ineffectiveness at, from time to time, uh, this is a this is a week where you just I wouldn't even think about it. He would be locked in, like I said, as a as an RB one, uh, probably your RB two kind of in terms of of pecking orders. So, is there anybody that that you're looking at in terms of someone that you're you're looking to to sit or someone you're just really not sure what to what to do with it out of this lower tier? I think there's certainly guys that are going to be hard to trust, right? Like James Conner, for example, does not get a great matchup against the Jets. They have one, been one of the best run defenses in the league this year. They're still number two in pass, or excuse me, in run DVOA on the season and. 
I, I don't know how much you can trust him. Um, and this matchup now, you know, again, he was a guy that people drafted probably in the second round, but we really haven't had a whole lot of him so that you at this point probably have other options to, to go with than him. But uh, I think the most interesting, you know, ones would be like the, the Kenyon Drakes, the Raheem Mosterts, like both of them have been really solid, especially over the last uh, four weeks. Um, you look at uh, Monster. I mean, he is actually number three over the last four weeks in fantasy points per touch. Uh, he's averaging 1.25 fantasy points per touch. I mean, this has been one of the most productive, you know, run defense or excuse me, run offenses in the league. And then you have Kenyon Drake, who some of it's you know boomed up a little bit by the four touchdowns that he scored last week against. Excuse me, that, that he scored last week against that he scored against the Browns. Excuse me, escaping me. But, I mean, and he's averaged .97 fantasy points per touch as well. But, you know, this is a matchup where he gets a little bit harder. I believe it's on the road against Seattle. So, uh, like, if I had to make an op- like in which we do, we have a question here. So, I, that's perfect uh, segue into that, which uh, who would you go with on either one of these? And I think I would probably lean towards... Kenyon Drake, just because he has a little bit more clear path to touches. We know he is the workhorse in this back, but it's tough because Raheem Mostert's been so productive and so efficient as a runner. It's hard to to take him out, but this isn't, you know, this is not a great matchup against the Rams run defense. The Rams are actually sixth in run DVOA on the season. So, you know, I think I would lean a little bit more um, to him. Uh, Let's see. The the Seahawks are twenty second, so I mean it's, it's definitely a much better matchup for for Kenyon Drake, and he's also involved in the passing game. And you're not really worried about someone like like David Johnson taking away opportunities from him, or even a Chase Edmonds. It's kind of just been his backfield ever since they've made this trade for him. So I think I would probably go with a little bit more safer option here and go with Kenyon Drake. Yeah, you you touched on that perfectly. It's the the matchup is in favor of Drake, and then the the path to touches and the, the picture is just much clearer for Drake. Obviously Raheem has been outplaying um, both Coleman and Brita. But I mean, even last week, I think they both of those other two running backs both had four carries each, which I mean, four carries doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, I mean, add them up. That's eight touches that's being taken away from, from Mostert. So the, I think the safer play is definitely with, uh, with Drake going up against Seattle. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's just, it's tough. Yeah. The, I mean, that they've been one of the most productive run games all year. And even, even going back to last year, that was something that surprised me when I was looking at, you know, run pass splits and that sort of thing. And San Francisco, like, let's not forget, they were not a good team last year because, of, you know, I mean, Jimmy G went down and, you know, they didn't have much in the, in terms of a passing game outside of Kittle but even with as much as they trailed and much as much as they lost, like I think they were still top, like top five in in rush attempts or something. And obviously, like I said, they they were effective with it. So you know, kind of fading a Shanahan run run game doesn't feel great. But I I think <clears throat> I think in this instance, you're better off rolling with Kenyon Drake. Although it feels like a little point chasey. Like I'm not sure how how confident we would be with saying Drake over. Raheem, you know, I mean, if it if it weren't for that that massive game that he had last week, but I still think the the process still lies with 
going with Kenyon Drake there. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's, 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 it's again, it's a tough call, but I, I just think I would lean a little bit closer there. I guess I would ask, are there any other options or opportunities to be able to play both of them? Because I, I do think that, you know, sitting uh, Monster is a tough pill to swallow, especially as productive as he's been since kind of taking over as the lead back here in this offense. So anyways, you know, among other running backs, I guess, uh, that we could talk about here, you know, I, you have some, some would you guys. Be, would you be playing uh, Patrick Laird? If you you know if you picked him up, the kind of fantasy Twitter is everyone everyone's favorite you know running back at, at this point going up against Cincinnati is he somebody you would think about throwing in your throwing in your flex if you had to pick him up over the past couple of weeks? Huge! Oh man, Patrick Laird has been hilarious to kind of monitor. Like the funniest part about him that I mean, on like fantasy Twitter has been like a buzz about Patrick Laird, but it's just been hilarious because like it's not even like he's been productive. You know, like, he had that one game, right? He had the one game where he totaled 82 yards. Um, you know, uh, he, I guess he does. I mean, if you look at his numbers, I mean, week 11, he had 11.8 fantasy points. Week 13 against Philly, which is a pretty strong run defense. He had 14.8 against the Jets. He had 12.2. And then last week against the Giants, he had 7.4. And if you look at him, he's had 15 targets over the last three weeks. So, you know, it's just tough because, I mean, even – his snap share is kind of what you're looking at. He has 50. He played 58% of the snaps week 13, 84% against the Jets, and then 50% against the Giants. So, like, again, like if you were desperate and just had to play somebody, I guess you could play Patrick Laird. But man, I don't feel fantastic about doing it. You know, like he's, he's, I have him ranked as, you know, a low end flex option. I have him at running back 33 in PPR formats. I should clarify that. You know, but I will say a couple running backs I think I'm a little bit higher on than maybe some other people are would be Tariq Cohen. I feel like this is definitely a Tariq Cohen type of game. We haven't really seen a ton, uh, you know, of, of big explosive games like we're, we've typically seen in the past from him. But this is one I feel like that they're going to probably try to use him in uh, many different ways to get the ball in his hands against this against this Chiefs offense. I was actually surprised that they didn't. There was talk before the before this past week that they were going to flex this game out if the Bears lost against the uh, against the Packers and they end up holding this game and not and not moving it they were going to flex it out with the saints and um titans game but they did not they left it here so that is a sunday night game but do you have any i mean would you play a guy like a boston scott if you absolutely had to in a ppr format um you know if you're desperate you know if you lost chris godwin and dalvin cook or something like that where you're just kind of like you know needing something um and some of these other guys are gone like would you play some guys like this just to touch on your Tariq Cohen call real quick. I, I do really like that. Uh, the Chiefs are giving up the most receiving yards to running back so far with only the Detroit Lions, uh, not only because they're giving up the most, but the the Lions and the Texans are, are behind them. Chiefs are giving up 805 receiving yards to go with 81 catches and five touchdowns. So I will uh, give you a little pat on the back for that one. I do like that call. I mean, Boston's got like man, I I really hope you're you're not in the position where you need to roll somebody out like Boston Scott. I mean, I think he was he was still involved a little bit more than than what I had thought. Um, whenever I looked at the you know kind of just going through the box scores, obviously I knew Sanders had his big game, um, but Boston Scott still had seven targets. He had six carries, so he I mean thirteen touches is is nothing to you know look past, but I. Man, I I think I'd rather roll with somebody. Hopefully, you have somebody like 
like a James White doesn't look like a, a great matchup going up going going up against Buffalo, but I mean that definitely doesn't scream Sony Michelle for for that kind of game. You know, obviously he's going to be way more uh, highly owned than Boston Scott would, but I mean maybe kind of kind of in that same same area just in terms of you know being available on guys that you have or have not played. Um, man, that that'd be. That'd be, that'd be a hard one for for me to swallow. But who? I mean, is there anybody that you could think of that you'd be throwing in? Kind of like what we were talking about with Rashad Perriman, just kind of being that YOLO, bite the bullet, hope for the best kind of kind of play like that. Because I, I really don't get that that vibe from from Boston Scott. I mean, Dallas isn't it isn't a terrible matchup, but it's not a great matchup either. Is there you know is there somebody that you can kind of think of as a deep dart throw just like you said, the for the team that backed backed themselves in with a with a bunch of luck, is there anybody that you can think of that might be widely available that someone could just either pick up and stream, or someone that's been you know sitting on the depths of their bench all year and they they get the one call for the fantasy glory? Um, I mean, outside of the guys we already talked about, I guess maybe like if you wanted to go with like a like a Chris Thompson, you know, going up against the Giants. Uh, I don't hate that because Adrian Peterson is not typically used in the passing game, and obviously there's no Darius Geis who's out. This who's out, so I think that is a direction you could go. Uh, Darwin Thompson, if we find out Damian Williams out, but then there's I think there's a lot of people that maybe have dropped Damian Williams just because you know the playoffs and everything else. But if he's able to return, it sounds like he might be back this week. He's certainly one that I think that, that that you could probably go with if you had to, if he was playing those, there's always a concern of re-injury, but you know, again, going in Chicago, like I don't hate this, especially when, since they lost to Keem Hicks, they've just not been as good against the run as they typically have been, or as they typically are. And let's be, let's face it. Like LaShawn McCoy is kind of toast. Um, he just, they just continually basically give him about 20 to 30% of the snaps. And right now it's such a tough, really tough way. I don't know what they're going to do once Damian Williams is back because I can't, I just can't see them having four running backs that are, that are um, on their active roster, but that's kind of the, right now it's been a kind of a three head committee there with Darwin Thompson and, uh, Spencer Ware, who has played mostly on the pass catching work, I guess if if Damian Williams wasn't, I guess if you absolutely had to, you could maybe play Spencer Ware if you had to, just because he's out there so much for, for the passing opportunities. But he's just not being targeted or really given much opportunity. So uh, I, I think really, if I was absolutely desperate, it probably would be like a Patrick Laird or Boston Scott, or maybe if Duke Johnson's available, or he's just been chilling on your bench against this Tampa Bay defense, where you know they are great against the run. But I think, you know, utilizing him as a pass catcher, I think, is the direction you could go. And then, again, it's the Mike Boone, just the DeAndre Washingtons, I think, is the way I would go. Yeah, I mean, if if you need a, a super deep option where you're basically just kind of taking the uh, the tight end play and just crossing your fingers and hoping for a touchdown, if you really need somebody, maybe Jordan Wilkins. Um you know, he has that matchup against Carolina, and the Panthers have given up 23 Rushing, rushing touchdowns, and no other team in the NFL has given up more than 14. So, like I said, with Marlon Mack, they've the Panthers have just been getting absolutely decimated on the ground, giving up the second most rushing yards as well, and uh, they're giving up the most uh, half PPR fantasy points per game. So, 
maybe it's just a, an instance where, you know, I mean, Marlon Mack kind of rumbles down, they pull him out for a breather at the goal line and, you know, Wilkins can plunge in two touchdowns or something like that, but you have to be super desperate to, to be in that situation. But he's someone kind of like as a deep dart throw, cross your fingers and hope for the best kind of play. Yeah, but let's say let's let's at this point let's uh, hope that you're not in this position that you have to run one of these out there. Correct. <laughs> so, okay, so a, a position where if I actually had to to go to and I had to take some dart throws on, it would certainly be the wide receiver position that I would want to do this with much deeper options here. Again, you, you know, you let's just get right past the 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 most obvious of obvious plays here, and let's kind of get into more um, interesting spots. Uh, I think Terry McLaurin is, is certainly uh, in play again. Um, he had a great week last week. Now he gets the Giants without Janoris Jenkins, who is now gone yeah. from this team again. So I think that he, for me, I have I have Janoris Jenkins as a top fifteen option. I haven't ranked at fourteen. I like I said, we've already kind of talked about. It. I have Brashad Perriman at nineteen, AJ Brown at twenty, um, Anthony Miller. I'm surprised that he was as widely available in a lot of leagues as he was. Like he continually has put up great numbers over the last couple of weeks, especially with the absence of of Taylor Gabriel. I think that is something to monitor because his, his splits with Taylor Gabriel and without are, are pretty stark. But you would think with as with as well as he's played that you know that that wouldn't change a whole lot, and he would continue to see the, the heavy doses of targets. I don't know why it took them Taylor Gabriel getting knocked out for them to finally start giving him opportunity. He flashed last year, and I think that he was somebody that they should have uh, you know went to far more, especially earlier in the year, and they just didn't. Yeah, getting he's, he's still of- available, and he's only twenty seven percent owned in Yahoo League. So Anthony Miller is widely available for you to to pick him up and stream him this week. Yeah, I I don't understand that at all. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, especially, you know, this isn't like he just kind of had one week. Like, this has kind of been going on now for a few weeks now. So, I think let's – so, one, what are you doing with Kenny Galladay? Like, we knew – like, once the Marvin Jones injury happened, like, like, okay – Kenny Galladay should just be hammered with targets. He should get, like, 15 targets here, right? Like, he's the alpha. But, no. It was Danny Amendola, just just slot city, just uh, hitting Danny Amendola on the on the short under uh, underneath routes, and Kitty Galladay did absolutely nothing last week, and now he gets Denver. He's likely going to see Christopher uh, Christopher Harris. Are you playing Kenny Galladay? No, there's. I don't think there's any way that you can. And I'm looking at um, the Fantasy Pros consensus ranks uh, right now, and he he's actually currently at 16th overall in half PPR and I I don't understand how he is how he's that high. Um you talked about McLaurin. I would have McLaurin over him, uh some other guys that are behind him, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Rashad Perriman, Jarvis Landry, like all of those guys. I mean Michael Gallup, I've been that's that's been my dude all year. That uh, he's down to twenty three in the consensus consensus ranks uh has the matchup against Philly. I would very easily play Gallup over um, over Kenny G if that's a decision that, that you were faced with. I mean, even like a Mike Williams going up against Oakland. So I'm, I'm surprised that he is ranked uh, as high as he is. It looks like he's had a high rank of 14 and a low rank of 23 um, as it sits right now. So Galladay, you just uh, – there's no way that you can – they're on the road, bad matchup. And outside of that first half on Thanksgiving, I mean, I really don't think he's done anything since that first half. So he uh, he should be 
strictly on your bench this uh this championship week i mean like would you play darius slayton or kenny g last week was a nuts matchup going against tampa bay right like tampa bay secondary is horrendous they've hammered with injuries and he went what 42 yards or no 44 yards yeah I mean, it's on three receptions, 7.4 fantasy points. Like, like I, I think at this point, David Blau is an absolute bum. I wish Jeff Driscoll could have uh, remained the starter there in, in Detroit, but it is what it is. So, right now, like, I, I just think I would have a hard, hard time trusting uh, Kenny Galladay out there. I actually have Kenny Galladay much lower than that. I have him at 32. Um, so, I kind of have him at that low-end wide receiver three. I, and I have Slayton ranked ahead of him. I have Tyler Boyd ranked ahead of him, you know, like – where I start getting into question marks for me would be like the Odell Beckham range. That is a dumpster fire in itself. It sounds like he could be out, but like you start getting into the guys that like where I think there's a lot of question marks or dart throw type of uh, plays or guys that I would look to pick up. One would be Greg Ward, who had a really solid game last week for the Eagles and, you know, gets the – Gets the Cowboys this week, and basically the game that is basically just kind of decides the division here a little bit. But with all the injuries they have on that secondary, they're going to have to do something. So last week he had nine targets, seven receptions, sixty-one yards, and the, and, the, and the late touchdown score there. He's playing over the last two weeks. He's played eighty-nine, eighty-three percent of the snaps. He's running a ton of routes, forty-one and thirty-two routes ran. You know, a nineteen point one fantasy points last week. You know, it may be a little bit chasing, but against Dallas, that's, that secondary doesn't scare me all that much. And so, I think Greg Ward is actually in play as kind of a low end, you know, flex option this week, and and somebody that I, you know, I have you know have some interest in. And then we'll have to see what happens with you know, as long as DJ Chart comes back. I still think Chris Conley against Atlanta. Uh, you know, yeah, inside yeah, the dome yeah. there. I think Chris Conley, uh, who scored a couple touchdowns last week, is is a guy that I really like. And then Justin Watson, we sort of talked about last week, a, a freak athlete, um, really high spark score. Uh, I think a lot of people thought last week was kind of the week we all got on board with it, and it didn't work out. Ended up being all about Brashad Perriman. But now with no Chris Godwin, they're going to have to throw the ball somebody. They also don't have Scotty Miller like we already talked about. I think Justin, Justin Watson, as kind of a dart throw play, is also – um, at least interesting. You know, some other options here, if you kind of look at it, uh, James Washington has been interesting. Over the last four weeks, he is, he is third in weighted opportunity rating, which is basically um, combining market market share of air yards and uh, total air yards over the last four weeks. And he is third in, in, in that in weighted opportunity rating. Um, I, I just think there's a lot to like there. It gets the Jets. Uh, this is, a, again, a kind of a must-win game for them. I don't have a ton of confidence in Delvin Hodges, but I think if I had to play James Washington or even a Deontay Johnson as kind of like a late round, or a, excuse me, late round, as a, as, as a flyer, I think you could do that. You know, some other guys like Larry Fitzgerald against Seattle, uh, I think is in play if, if you kind of needed it, something like that. You know, or a McCall Hardman who's always there to go off, or even a Traquan Smith. Is uh, is there anybody you know kind of in this uh, YOLO range that you'd want to play? Yeah, just to touch on your Greg Ward call, um, he has led the receivers and targets over the past two weeks, and I think he's only been behind Zach Ertz, um, just in general for you know for overall targets. So I mean, he's he's definitely sneakily in play, and I can't imagine he's owned in more than you know, carries more than like a two to 5% ownership across, you know, most redraft leagues. Um, 
Chris Conley, that is my boy. He is, I, like you said, I think he's in play even if Chark comes back. Um, James Washington, you mentioned his uh, his whopper. He is third in market share of air yards over the over the past three weeks. So, I mean, he's you can you can also look to him. I, I think even if Juju comes back, the the matchup against the Jets, like they've been decimated by injuries in their secondary. So he's he is clearly in play. Um, I think if you wanted to go a little deeper than that, like you mentioned, Amendola, I wouldn't feel great about him. That'd be somebody that I would only play in like a full PPR kind of league and hope that he just eats up, you know, has basically an A dot of four and just eats up a bunch of targets uh, underneath going up against Denver. Um, Randall Cobb, you know, going up against Philly, I think that, you know, that's another matchup that, that you can do. Um, we touched on, you know, Will Fuller with one of our questions earlier. Kenny Stills could definitely be in play. Um, just, you know, again, with that matchup going against Tampa Bay, Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, obviously, you could, you could always go there and, you know, kind of just, you know, I wouldn't bank on the two touchdowns he had again. But, you know, we were talking about that's the the Houston offense needs that deep threat. So maybe if Fuller is, you know, kind of closer to, to Fuller, uh, to full health with that hamstring injury. You know, if he can kind of take the top off, if Hopkins gets a little extra attention, that should leave stills kind of open in the middle, just dragging across the, the middle of the field. Uh, a, a real YOLO one, John Ross going up against, uh, against Miami. You know, he had, a, he, he was actually quietly having a, a pretty nice start to his season before the, but I think shoulder injury, I believe, or chest or clavicle, something like that, um, put him on IR. So going up, going up against Miami, like those are the kind, <clears throat> those are the kind of things that you should be looking at if you're looking at these deeper kind of dart throw plays. Is just look directly to the matchup, and you know Miami that doesn't get doesn't get uh, much better than that. Kelvin Harmon has been seeing some increased usage. Uh, I just saw Trey Quinn was put on IR. I think Richardson is still banged up. So Kelvin Harmon getting the Giants. Like Again, just look at the matchup, and they're now without Janoris Jenkins, like you mentioned earlier. So that's a, that's another place you can go. Um, and if you like Drew Locke, what do you think about somebody like Tim Patrick? going up against Detroit. Is he somebody that, you know, going super deep here? Um, is he someone you would you would even think about? Like if you were, you know, maybe you're in like a 14 or a 16 team league or, you know, a bunch of different flex positions that you're you're rolling out. Maybe you're just in a deeper league in general. Uh, any thoughts on Tim Patrick with your uh, with your Drew Lock call for the week? I mean there are definitely guys that I would I would play ahead of him, but just as far as you know, a super deep dart throw kind of a play. I think I would rather consider someone like Deshaun Hamilton, to be honest with you. Um, if you look at Hamilton last week, he actually played 87% of the snaps. He ran 34 routes, which is the most he's run all year, except, well, with the exception of week two, where he ran 37. It's the most targets he's received all year. He had nine targets, one red zone target. Now, like I said, Drew Locke was awful last week, and they had to throw the ball where he had two receptions for 13 yards, which is nothing to write home about. But I do think that there's at least some intrigue here with him in this matchup against where he's not going to be seeing Darius Slay because he plays primarily in the slot. 
you know, again, I can't believe we're talking about going this deep, but like if you're in a super deep league and you're just desperate and you're a, you're a Chris, you know, a, uh, I guess a Chris Galladay, uh, a Chris Galladay, Chris Godwin owner, and you lost him and now, you know, and you're here, you are, you're in the fantasy playoffs, you're in the championship week, and, you know, you're in that super 14, 16 team league where you're just absolutely desperate for a wide receiver. You know, and maybe you don't have anybody else, or you have some terrible matchups, or whatever. Uh, you know, whatever's going on. Like, if you were down here, like one, I would probably try to get Greg Ward. But if I couldn't, then you know, maybe a Deshaun Hamilton. I guess is, that would be the most YOLO play uh, there is, just because he really hasn't done a whole lot this year. The most he scored is eight point seven fantasy points, going all the way back to Week Four against the uh, against the Jaguars. So. Um, he has, he's only topped over 50 yards once. And that was in that one game. Other than that, he's been, you know, 40 and under every single game. So, but you know, with that, uh, uptick in targets, I think that at least has some intrigue. And then, you know, the more, you know, he is still, uh, seeing heavy snaps as well. 71, 58, 74, and 87% of the snaps the last, uh, four weeks. What would you be doing with somebody like a John Brown with, uh, the matchup that he has with new England? Um, somebody that has been super solid and consistent over, you know, over the course of the past 15 weeks, is he somebody that you would think about sitting in this matchup? Like if you had somebody who was, you know, let's say on a, on an equal level in terms of, in terms of a play for this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't really want any, I wouldn't want any of that. I would either play Cole Beasley or have Cole Beasley or something like that. You know, I think he's in a better spot than what he's going to like. John Brown is, this is a terrible spot for him. He's likely going to see a lot of of Stefan Gilmore, and that is not a spot I want, especially with Josh Allen. Yeah, I think you can sit him. I like I said, Kenny Galladay is certainly somebody you can sit. Odell Beckham, I think, is somebody that you should be really strongly considering not playing. Um, I currently have John Brown ranked at forty three right now, so outside of a, a flex option or you know a wide receiver four. So yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where I stand with them. Um, I just don't think this is a great week to play any of them. You know, like I said, Kenny Galladay, Odell uh, has been anemic as well. And then, you know, a John Brown, I just can't do. Yeah, it makes sense. He he was somebody that as I was scrolling through, kind of looking at maybe like one of the bigger names where you're debating on, on sitting him. Like San Francisco doesn't look like a great matchup for the Rams, but you'd already mentioned that secondary is pretty banged up. Um Julian Edelman obviously is going to be in a slot against Buffalo, so he'll he'll avoid um, Tre'Davious White. So, I mean, other than that, like Casey at Chicago, obviously you're not you're not fading any of the Kansas City pieces that have that have gotten you to this point. And just to just to quickly note, uh, Week Four, Bills played New England. John Brown had 11 targets and went five for 69. So, still had that. Still had a a solid floor, but I mean, hopefully you have something a little bit better where you feel strong, more strong about that, about that matchup. If you were desperate, would you, what would you be doing with T Y Hilton this week? Obviously came back, played a little bit, led the team in targets. Um, and that absolute smackdown against, uh, against new Orleans didn't do a lot with those targets, but did lead the team with nine and, uh, reportedly no no setbacks or anything like that after the game i don't mind it i don't think it's a terrible play i have him as a wide receiver three so i mean i'm, I'm playing him 
I, I think one that we didn't really talk about, though, I think, is is Adam Thielen, who I think some people are probably would be pretty nervous with him. Uh, he only played, he only ran 17 routes, only targeted three times. Now, this was our kind of a route. And it was a tougher matchup against Casey Hayward, only played 48% of the snaps. I think a lot of people would be nervous to roll him out here again this week. But, you know, kind of listening to Dr. Chow, who does an excellent job with, uh, you know, talking about all the injuries and everything else that occur. You know, he said he was pretty he, – he said that he figured that this is how – the, the Vikings were going to play him and only play him very limited um, snaps and weren't going to kind of go out there. But he did say that he felt like this week he'd be full go in this matchup against the Packers and that he'll probably get, you know, his full allotment of snaps or get back up to that 80, 90% of snap share. So, um, but, you know, without knowing that for sure, like, where are you? Are, do you feel confident in playing an Adam Thielen this week? Confident? Absolutely not. Uh, hamstring injuries, you know, I mean, especially for the position like wide receiver, like that's, that's something that's always going to scare me away. But Green Bay, that matchup would have looked a lot worse at the beginning of the year. They've kind of shown some, some chinks in their, their armor as of, uh, as of late over the past couple of weeks. So if you made it this far, you obviously went through that big stretch without feeling. So hopefully you have somebody who, you know, you can rely on a little bit more. So as far as feeling confident with feeling, like absolutely not, but, if uh, if you don't have any better options, like I don't think it's it's as scary as as it would have appeared. You know, what I mean, two or three weeks ago. If if you're saying that you know Dr. Chow kind of expected this in terms of you know kind of letting him break in, obviously they didn't need him in you know in that game last week where they they were just up big on the Chargers the whole game and kind of just controlled that from beginning to end. Um, so confident, no, but I mean, if, if you have no better choice, um, that's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I wouldn't be going too deep into the, into the waiver wire to find somebody to play over Thielen. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I saw him as a wide receiver too this week. So I think, I think he's, I think he's fine to play. I feel, I feel pretty good about rolling him out there. Um, they said that they weren't going to bring him back this time until he was a hundred percent and which is why it's taken this long for him to come back. I mean, he hadn't played since what, like two snaps or three snaps in week nine. So, um, yeah, I, I feel pretty confident with him. And I think it was just kind of a easing him back in last week. And then they got up pretty quickly against the Chargers and didn't really have to play him anymore. So, um, let's go ahead and jump over to tight end. Again, you know, not going to go super in depth on guys like Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz or George Kittle. I will say Tyler Higby, uh, you know, we kind of got on him early before he really had this breakout. And, I mean, he has been nothing but gold. I think he has, what, three straight games of over 100 yards receiving. So, even against San Francisco, he's kind of an auto lock at this point. It will be it will be somewhat I, I, something to monitor with Gerald Everett if he's back and, you know, what what, what they're going to do. But it's hard for me to fathom that they would sit Tyler or, or start to reduce Tyler Higby's snaps as well as he's played. Like, that dude is bald. Um um, since since kind of getting the all the opportunities there for the Rams, uh, Hunter Henry, Darren Waller, Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, Mark Andrews, you're starting them. There's no there's we don't have to have a conversation about it. Uh, if you have them, you're playing them. They're all in, in in pretty decent matchups. There's none that really like ah I don't know about that one. Like I feel pretty good about all of them. Again, I have Noah Fant at, at, at tight end, as a tight end one this week at number 11 against Detroit. O.J. Howard, I could probably make a case to move him up even higher with you know Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and all these guys out. 
this could be the kind of the, the big uh, O.J. Howard week that we've all been sort of waiting for. But I think a stat line of five for 60 and a touchdown is certainly in the realm of possibility for him uh, against Houston. And then you have like Mike Gusecki, Dallas Goddard. We'll see what happens with Evan Ingram. Um, uh, I think Ingram has been IR. put on IR. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, you're right. Uh, just uh, that's why I stopped. So I was like, wait. <laughs> so uh, no, n- uh, not with Evan Ingram, but uh, Jacob Hollister, Ian Thomas, guys like that. Who out of this group uh, are you most excited about? And if you had to rank Fant, Howard, Gasecki, and Thomas, how would you rank them? I think you got to go directly to the uh, to the flow chart. Uh, Jacob Hollister, uh, he's definitely widely available, and he gets Arizona. And something that we neglected to mention, maybe because it was a uh, little little too hard for you you know you couldn't get through chris godwin and this other player but your boy josh gordon obviously uh suspended indefinitely again so i understand why why we skipped over that that just would have been too painful for for you to mention both of those guys and in uh in one breath so maybe that opens up a little bit more for for hollister against uh against arizona but as far as those those other guys go i I, i'm gonna put howard at the top, um, he wasn't as involved as we would think with him leading the the team in targets. I still think he had a had a reduced, you know, snap share, and uh, as far as routes run, it wasn't it wasn't as high as you know. I think he had nine targets as high as I would uh, suggest. But um, the matchup, the injuries, Howard would be first. Uh, Noah Fant, he's he's been banged up and he's been playing through a bunch of his injuries. I think it's been like foot shoulder and hip um again going up uh, going up against detroit that's uh that's obviously not going to scare you um so those would be the my first two and then i'm i'm probably going to go johnu smith third and then throwing gaseki there in uh in fourth and then i i would i would have ian thomas actually over those over those last two so howard fant Ian Thomas would be my would be my top three. It should be mentioned with Ian Thomas so that Greg Wilson or Greg Greg Olson uh, cleared the uh, concussion protocol and is expected to return this week. Which, yeah, you know, if you have to get your thirty six year old or however the hell old he is uh, aging tight end who's likely to retire back into your lineup, you know, you just have to do it right instead of giving a, a young player like Ian Thomas more opportunity and uh, you know to get more reps in. So you just have to do it. You know, you have to get Greg Olson back in there. So I guess we'll have to see how that turns out for them, especially with Will Greer back. Because one thing to mention with Will Greer now taking over is what we typically see. One, we don't have to worry about Christian McCaffrey's going to get a thousand targets in this game, but uh, you know, young, young uh, rookie quarterbacks tend to check down quite a bit and tend to look for their tight end as kind of a security blanket. So, it's not crazy to say that if Greg Olson comes back and he's he's the one that starts that he sees uh, more targets than you typically would, and he's coming off a concussion, which is you know something that obviously could you know could happen again, especially coming off of it. But it's not like it's a leg injury or a knee injury or a hand or something like that where he could quickly re-injure it and exit. So uh, you know, Greg Olson, like Greg Olson, could see eight to ten targets. Um, so you know, something like this and a game where you know with with uh, Will Greer kind of looking to check down and kind of get the ball out of his hand. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it sucks for Ian Thomas, but if we get the word that Ian Thomas is going to remain the starter and Greg Olson is just going to kind of play limited snaps, then Ian Thomas is certainly, um, I would want to go back there. But right now, it's hard to have him ahead of them. I have guys like Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant, Jacob Hollister, Mike Mike Gesicki. Yeah, for sure. So Someone that I that I would like to to believe in more this week, if you know, if you're looking at the this streamer level uh, kind of area, would be uh, would be Janu going up against New Orleans. We were already talking about, you know, I mean, Lattimore being plastered to AJ Brown and the addition of Janoris Jenkins, depending on how much he plays. But New Orleans is giving up the tenth fewest uh, fantasy points per game to the tight end position. Obviously, Janu Smith's involvement has has been all over the board over the you know I mean over the past several weeks with uh with Ryan Tannehill under center. So if for some reason all those guys are are already picked up, I mean you you could do worse than John New Smith, but it's not as good as, as it would as it would appear, especially with uh, the strength of that defense being on being with uh Marshawn. So I mean I would still have all those other guys ahead of him. I think I might even take I think I'd rather take a swing on Cameron Brait over 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 somebody like Johnny Smith this week. Yeah, uh so I, I do have to mention though, uh my man, my main man, Mr. Uh, Dan Arnold did uh haul in a touchdown last week. That was uh fun um for the Arizona Cardinals. So not that that matters because you're not playing Dan Arnold who ran five total routes and had one target for the red zone touchdown, but I think he's an, uh, at least an intriguing uh, prospect for next season. Uh, you know, depending on what Arizona does at the tight end, right? You know, they have Charles Clay and much old men, but Dan Arnold was always somebody that even intrigued me back. You know, when he was with the Saints, but it was just kind of a crowded situation with Jared Cook and and Josh Hill, so he was always kind of the third man. But I mean, he is uh, still only twenty four years old. Uh, I mean, he has an upper percentile. Um, in terms of, I mean, he has a 78th percentile, ran a 4.68 40-yard dash, but his burst score is 97th percentile, a 94th percentile agility score with a 95th percentile catch radius. Like, there's a lot to like here. I mean, he is a, uh, um, I think that somebody that, if you know, if they kind of hold on to and kind of, uh, you know, utilize next year, I think that he's at least a, someone to kind of watch heading into next year, depending on what Arizona does with this offense and, you know, a tight end. So uh, shout out Dan Arnold. Uh, we'll never forget you. And especially going back to the DFS days of last year where he won us a lot of money. Um, so any, anyways, do you have anything else you kind of want to hit on um, for this week 16 sort of, uh, um, you know, championship i don't think so man just wishing everybody the the best of luck in these matchups and thank you guys if uh if you're listening now hopefully that means you've been listening all year long i know we we had a we had a nice shout out on uh on twitter from someone so uh we definitely appreciate that and all you guys for for hanging with us uh hang with us all year and letting us get you to this point hopefully we've provide you guys some some value in terms of, you know, start sit decisions and everything else like that. And, you know, maybe hit you with some, some nice entertainment value, you know, thinking back to was, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks ago at this point with your, uh, with your little shimmy, if you weren't, if you weren't watching on, <laughs> there it is, you need to figure out a way to, to patent a dance move. And that's, that's the first one we need to, we need to patent, not, not the moonwalk, yeah, I mean nothing. Uh, nothing like the Jabberwockies. We need that the steel shimmy 
to be the first patented copy written dance move. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's uh, what I'll say is it's a shame that the season's over, or at least fantasy season's over. It's something we talk about all year. We can't wait. We can't wait to look forward to it. Please, please hurry up and get here. Hurry up and get here. And then it zooms by and it's over because that's where we're at now. We are, you know, the last week, right? I guess it's cool that it happened before Christmas. And, you know, so we'll get all that out of the way. You'll get a nice early Christmas present if you win the championship. And for a lot of leagues, even if you win second place, not that this is nice, but uh, a lot of leagues have still decent payout for second place. So at least you won something. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been a crazy year. We should say that every year. There's so much variance and there's so many different things that happen. If you would have told me that David Johnson would be healthy for like a four-week period and he would be absolutely useless and would not even get any opportunities, I would have fucking punched you in the throat for lying. But that is what's happened. Guys like David Johnson has become just an absolute nobody and who's likely going to get traded. Um, we've seen, you know, there'll be a pretty good debate next year heading into, you know, what to do with these top play- these top guys, especially. I mean, you had Saquon Barkley who struggled for a lot this year and got hurt. Um, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been that great. Kamara hasn't been great. You know, like there's a there's a serious debate to have about Michael Thomas and should he be the number two pick off the board? People are going to say no, no, no. It's a running back, but we say it every year. Running backs are very volatile. Multiple guys who are being taken in the first round of fantasy drafts are going to bust in terms of the running back position. Wide receivers uh, give you a little bit more stability. And a guy like Michael Thomas, who has been right up there with, with Christian McCaffrey, not as good, not as as a high of a ceiling as obviously as Christian McCaffrey has. Christian McCaffrey's on a historic pace in terms of what we've seen in fantasy football. But Michael Thomas has been, you know, the most reliable wide receiver all year and it's not close and he did he's done it with without a great quarterback and drew Brees. whenever they had teddy bridgewater he was still putting up big numbers so like i think there's gonna be a lot of debate about that next year we're gonna have to, there's gonna be a lot of different movement among quarterbacks and situations like that so i'm looking forward to next year i think next week we'll kind of just do a wrap-up show of kind of just looking back at everything, kind of maybe taking a look forward. If you play in keeper leagues, I think this will be a good opportunity to kind of, you know, listen. Uh, best ball is certainly uh, going to be starting up here in the next, what, two months. Actually, most of my best ball leagues that I'm actually, I'm in first and three and second and like four of them. And like the ones that I'm doing the best in are all the ones that I did in like early, the early season of, of like uh, February and March. Because you can really get an edge on people and best ball because so many people are living off recency bias of the season that just happened and not trying to be forward thinking. And they're still living off what just happened in the fantasy season. So, um, I, I highly recommend that. So I think next week will be a lot of fun. We'll just kind of do some recap and have some fun and cut up and then, you know, heading into the off season, we're going to be doing a lot of dynasty content or rookie content. So if you're somebody who wants to, you know, learn about all these rookies, if you haven't been following as close as some of these dynasty heads have where they have, you know, uh, routinely masturbated every week over every one of these guys and uh, kind of over overanalyze some of these dudes like, uh, you know, um, DeAndre Swift or, uh, you know, all, all these dudes that, uh, that people have gotten really excited about that it's about to really take over, especially hand-sized Twitter, I guess, will be back and, you know, all that stuff that's, uh, that we get to discuss. But it'll be a lot of fun kind of digging into some of these rookies and then also covering, like, free agency and the NFL draft leading up to that. So we, we do have a lot of content that we're going to be looking to do. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited for for that portion of it like dynasty is 
is where my heart is. So definitely looking forward to, you know, really diving in because obviously with everything we've been doing uh, at the fantasy authority, haven't been able to dive in too much. I've been, I've been dipping my toes, but over these next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm really going to dive in and I'm excited to just kind of share what I'm learning and how I'm feeling about some of these guys as everything goes on. We're going to have the senior bowl and, you know, and everything like that. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And then the potentially doing the, the live draft show, which will be a lot of fun if, you know, if we end up going through with that and then kind of, kind of going off that, if any of you listeners are interested in writing for writing any kind of dynasty content, the, uh, the DMS are open and we're definitely looking to, to bring on some dynasty writers to, to help flood Twitter with, with all the, the rankings and mock drafts that are, you can't get away from between, uh, January and in April. So definitely uh, slide in and let us know if you're interested and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. We'll have to get some guests on. I, 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 uh, for some dynasty guys and stuff like that on, maybe we'll, I'll go into the old Rolodex and hit up like guys like Travis may who are former TFA guys or Justin McCasins, people like that and see if they want to hop on and tell me why dynasty is so great and try to convince me that dynasty is the best format. So, but it'll be a lot of fun. Anyways, um, I hope everybody has a great week 16. I hope everybody has a great Christmas that's coming up. Um, if we don't get to talk to you before then, uh, I guess we'll have to see how that's going to work out because I do believe that Christmas Eve is on Tuesday, which is our normal recording day. So that might be a little tough to record on Christmas Eve. I don't know how our families are going to feel about us trying to record on Christmas Eve. So we may have to come up with a different strategy or a different plan there on that, on, on how we're going to get some uh, that out. But again, it's not going to be super pressing because we're not going to sit here and break down week 17 because it's a uh, foolhardy and uh, um, a fool's errand, if you will. So, uh, again, we really appreciate everybody sticking with us this year. We have a lot of fun stuff coming, and I think we're only going to get better and things are only going to progress. we got a lot of uh, good ideas of heading into the offseason of how we're going to get better. So, again, hit that like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're in the chat or, or if you on your podcast software, I would we really appreciate any sort of feedback you may have for us, things we can improve, things we can fix, whatever uh, we appreciate all that, and that is something that we take to heart. We actually listen to every every comment and every feed, everything that you guys have to say because this is, in fact, your show. Without it, we wouldn't do it. I guess we would just be talking into the nothingness that is um, our microphone. So, until next week, again, have a great have a great holiday. Whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is that you celebrate, I hope you have a fantastic week, and hopefully, you get that championship and bring it back to the house. All right, have a great week. Peace. This album is dedicated. To all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack With the hat to match Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard You never thought that hip-hop would take it this far Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kick and Free Funk, Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Schemes I'm blowing up like you thought I would Call a crib, same number, same hood It's all good uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga uh.
$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 